Welcome back to Team Talk, ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Here till 7 tonight. Scott Galetti will join us in the 6 o'clock hour. We've got NBA hoops at 8 o'clock as the Dallas Mavericks visit Phoenix in their first game of the Western Conference semifinals. I'm Joe O'Neill, Sam Hauser alongside. Joining us now on the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, Air Conditioning Hot t- Cool Take Hotline is Steve Berline, former NFL All-Pro quarterback and Super Bowl champion, analyst for CBS Sports Network, among other things. Uh, Steve, great to talk to you on this Monday after the NFL draft in Las Vegas. So uh, I got to ask you, uh, obviously you were in a, in enjoying the festivities over the weekend in Vegas, huh? You know, I, I was there, Joe, uh, for uh, Wednesday and Thursday nights, and I came back home to Orange County on Friday. Uh, so I, I was in Vegas for uh, the draft, but I wasn't I wasn't actually at the draft. I was at a, um, a, a draft party, and I can tell you that Vegas was on... Uh, full alert. The, the whole, the whole city was absolutely going nuts. It was like, uh, you know, it was like, uh, the Super Bowl or March Madness or anything like that. That's how big this draft spectacle has become. Um, so it was, it was definitely the place to be. They had shut down Las Vegas Boulevard because uh, of all the traffic and everything else and, uh, was causing a lot of problems, but it was definitely the place to be. No doubt about it. And, you you know, you're, you're there Wednesday night, Thursday night. Those are the nights that you want to be there. All the amateurs, you know, came in over the weekend. But uh, the real uh, heavy hitters were in there that Wednesday and, and Thursday night. So you played for six different teams, Steve. I'm sure NFL, every NFL team has some sort of a, a function going on. So were you hanging out with the Raiders on this trip? You know, believe it or not, I was not. I was invited to go out there, um, and, and I, I, I'll be 100% honest, I didn't even know that it was affiliated with an individual team. Uh, I was just invited to go through uh, a friend that, that uh, kind of books uh, little appearances for me every once in a while, and she invited me to go to this party. And I, I got there, and I thought it was just like a general draft party. And uh, I got inside, and I said, man, there's a... Uh, there's a lot of Jacksonville people here, a lot of jerseys <laughs> for the Jaguars here. And, uh, you know, I was getting kind of recognized by several people and not for anything I did great in Jacksonville other than I was the first quarterback there, but I didn't get to play much. Uh, but so I, I finally asked somebody, I said, hey, you know, why, why are there so many Jacksonville people here? And he said, are you kidding me? This is a, it's a, it's a Jaguars party. <laughs> and I said, really? Well, that kind of explains it. I, uh, I had no idea. I thought I was just here to hang out with uh, fans of all different types, but... Um you know, it was predominantly Jaguars people that were there. Well, yeah, well, that was the place to be. They had the number one overall pick and and all that kind of stuff. I, I you know, speaking of you being on six different teams uh, throughout your career, uh, Steve, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's he's been on nine different teams. And uh, did you see the nine guys floating around Vegas wearing uh, all his different jerseys? I'm thinking one of these years I'm going to go and see d- six different guys wearing Burline jerseys. You know... I don't even think they know how to spell my name anymore. Uh, not that they ever did, but, uh, you know, it, it's changed so much. Uh, you know, I, I was 
my first seven years in the league, uh, or six years, I guess, uh, there, there was no free agency. So uh, I'm confident that if there was free agency during those six years, I would have broken Fitzpatrick's record. <laughs> so, uh, just, just, just so you know, you know I, I would like to think that it would be the other way around, that you know, in my career, had I had a chance to go back and do it over again, that I would have found an opportunity for more stability. But uh, it just wasn't in the cards for me the way the way things played out, and uh, you know I enjoyed most of the different places that I went, and uh, really expected to have success. And in most cases, I did have varying levels of success. I just never found a long term, real stable environment. And uh, you know Fitzpatrick, I, I'm jealous. I mean that that guy uh, has made so much money over the years. <laughs> by, I mean. He has benefited from the system and and the opportunity just to go because he's a serviceable quarterback. And, right. Uh, that's really the way that it's, it's become. And, uh, you know, it seems like every year uh, he's involved in some kind of a, a bidding war. I, I, I really am not sure what his plans are for this year. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if he were to hang it up right. at this point. But uh, he sure has benefited and um, had a tremendous run over the course of his career. And he probably hasn't had 16 or 17 surgeries like you have either, Steve. I, I don't think he has, and if he did, he still wouldn't have caught me because I was at 19 while I was a player. Okay. Uh, and and uh, had two hip replacements since my, my retirement, and you know probably heading that way with both of my knees now as well. So... Um, you know, other than that, I feel great. <laughs> there, there you go. And you're still carrying that low uh, handicap, too. I know how you are, Steve. All right. We're talking to Steve Berline, former Super Bowl uh, winning quarterback, as well as pro bowler uh, here. Uh, so uh, you, what about the fact that only one quarterback goes in the first round, Steve? Who would have ever thunk that? Well, I think uh, it just goes to show that the NFL executives are doing their, their work. Um, I, I didn't think that any of these guys really warranted being a high first-round pick. And uh, I, I didn't think that many of them, just by the looks of it, uh, and compared to years past, uh, where there were definitely three or four or more that kind of stood out as potential first-round draft choices, I didn't think that there were going to be uh, really any of them that were sure-thing first-round picks. And, you know, a lot of people had been talking about uh, Kenny Pickett uh, being from Pittsburgh, um, you know, playing for the university there, that that would be a potential good fit for, for the Steelers. And I think most people agreed that he right now is probably the most NFL-ready, but but I don't think many people believed that, that he was a sure thing first-rounder. Um, and I don't think anybody really is convinced that he is a long-term franchise quarterback. Um, so, that's my roundabout way of saying that I'm not surprised by how this this worked out. You know, generally speaking, in the last few years, that there have been teams that uh, would be willing to take a little bit of a flyer on a quarterback if they really had a need for the quarterback, and and uh, um, and that's all. That's a product of the, the the rookie wage scale now, and how the, they don't have to take the big hit if they take a a quarterback with a, a first-round pick, you know, in the long-term big-money contract like they used to have. But 
Um, you know, I, I'm not surprised. I really didn't think that there were a lot of sure thing guys. I, I was surprised about the order of some of the quarterbacks that were picked. Um, I didn't. I didn't believe that Desmond Ritter, um, who was the second quarterback taken uh, by the Atlanta Falcons in the third round, I didn't think that that he would be the second quarterback taken. I thought that maybe you'd see uh, Malik Willis or or Matt Corral slipping in there ahead of him. Um, but uh, those guys ended up coming shortly after him in the third round. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, there, were, there were a few other surprises in there as well. And, you know, we can talk about them if there's specific ones you want to get into. Well, yeah, I mean, let's get into it, Steve. I mean, what were, you know, what were some of the other surprises? Well, I, I think that uh, the New England pick of, of Bradley Zappi um, out of Western Kentucky uh, that was a shocker in the fourth round uh, for him to go ahead of guys like Sam Howell um, and you know and just on the on the heels of of Matt Corral um, you know I was surprised to see him stick his nose in there um, you know I, I was I was surprised that Malik Willis went as, as late as he did um, and I really thought that Matt Corral would go higher as well I thought that there may be someone that would take a flyer on him maybe in the late first round or into the second round. But I he ended up going, both of those guys really ended up going where I thought they should go, which was surprising. I, you know, the I think the Panthers were really happy to find Matt Corral available uh, in the third round, late in the third round. Um, and, you know, he gives them, I think he was worth taking that shot at that point. But I wasn't drinking the, the Kool-Aid on him. You know, there were people... They were talking about him as a potential top ten guy for a lot of the prep up up into the draft, but I just think that you know with his his size and his style of play, he's an aggressive runner. Uh, I think durability is going to be an issue with him, and 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 honestly, uh, even though he put up good numbers at that Ole Miss, I, I did the Alabama Ole Miss game this past year on the radio for Compass Media, and I did not see one play in that game. Where I said, "Oh, there you go. I, that, that was a great pass," uh, or "Boy, that was a special play that he made right there." It, he didn't do anything in that game. And to me, uh, if, if you're a guy that's that's worthy of a first round draft choice, um, you you should. Uh, I don't care what the level of competition is. And he had a lot of you know. There's a lot of playmakers on that Ole Miss team. Right. And Lane Kiffin found ways to get those guys open a lot of times, but. Every once in a while, if you're a first-round type of quarterback and uh, think you can play at the next level, you got to make a great play. You got to make a great throw uh, in the tight coverage uh, to get your team going. And I did not see anything along those lines. And and then you combine that with the fact that a lot of uh, or there were several character type of issues that kind of surfaced late in the whole draft process. Um, you know, I, I think it ended up working out probably the way that it should work out. And I think he's going to get a chance to play there in Carolina because, as we all know, uh, you know, Matt or uh, Sam Darnold is, is uh, on thin ice there with, with, uh, with Rule 
and with that organization. So, All right. Well, and speaking um, of the first I, round, I, Steve, I, I did want to get your thoughts. You, I'm curious as we're talking to Steve Berline here on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team, the, the 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 wide receiver trades that happened in the first round: Hollywood Brown getting traded to Arizona and AJ Brown uh, getting traded to Philadelphia. I'm, I'm curious, what was your reaction to those uh, trades? A couple of really good wide receivers getting moved on on the on draft day. Well, I, I think uh, for the for the uh, Marquise Brown trade, I think that was actually uh, a very well played move by the Ravens. You know, they um, I think they they really wanted to try to find a way to get um, uh, what's what's the the young receiver? I, I'm drawing a blank on his name. The, the, the rookie last year uh, for Baltimore, um, uh, Ronald. What's that, Rashad Bateman? Yeah, Rashad Bateman. I think they're they're really excited about what he's going to bring to the table, and I think they they wanted to find a way to make him more a focal point of that wide receiving core. Um, you know, I think a trade made sense for the Arizona Cardinals. They had to do something to to get Kyler Murray excited about uh, um, you know about uh, going into this season with all the negativity this off season and be reunited uh, with with uh, Marquise Brown. I think that was. Uh, a, a, a Hollywood brand that would go by his nickname. Um, I think that was a good move for the Cardinals, and I think it allowed the the Ravens to really, you know, I mean, they stacked. They, they had what six fourth round picks. They had, um, uh, you know, they got Kyle Hamilton in the first round. They had they got Linderbaum, uh, the center out of Iowa in the second round. Um, and I think they had a really strong draft in that Marquise Brown trade. Uh, enabled him to do that, and I think it opens the door up for Bateman to really uh, step up and show who he is this year. But I'll tell you what, the Tennessee Titans trade, I, I thought Tennessee had a great draft, uh, but I thought the trade of A.J. Brown just completely wiped out everything that they accomplished wow. on draft day. I, I just can't understand the logic. I know they, they picked up Traylon Burks uh, from Arkansas with the first-round pick, but I think you put him on the opposite side of A.J. Brown, and now you've got a real problem if you're trying to stop the Tennessee Titans. But by, by trading A.J. Brown, uh, now you're, you're basically saying your number one guy is an unproven rookie with uh, a very high ceiling and a guy that's going to be a great player, I think. But, you know, you, you're putting a lot of eggs in that basket, and I really think that, that uh, the Titans are going to regret that because – uh, even though A.J. Brown has been bumped up and this past year he, he didn't play much and he has had a little bit of an injury issue, uh, I, he is one of the top five receivers in the NFL, without a doubt. And I think they're going to regret giving him up. And I think that, that really, in my opinion, uh, drastically um, you know, knocks their overall draft day uh, down a couple of grades. Uh- so, Steve, we're uh, only got a couple more uh, seconds here. Uh, any chance at all? Do you think that the Cowboys somehow end up with either Debo Samuel or DK Metcalf? Uh, I know it's it's just all speculation, but would would the Cowboys ending up with either of those two guys shock you, Steve, or do you think there's a or a decent chance that might happen? Well, I think if Jerry Jones is smart and he's always wanting to make a splash. Um, that would be a great move if he were to be able to find his way in there. And I'm sure the Cowboys would love to have either one of those guys. And, no, to answer your question, Joe, I would not be surprised uh, if one of those guys were moved. And I think more so DK Metcalf over 
um, Debo Samuel because I know the Niners are not going to give Debo Samuel away with my connection to the, the Shanahan's. I know I don't see that happening unless there's, they give up a ransom, a King's ransom. Gotcha. Uh, DK Metcalf without a quarterback there uh, is not going to be happy, and I think they can get great value for him. So I could see that happening. Well, that's music to the ears of our Cowboy fans in the Albuquerque area. Steve, thank you so much for joining us on this Monday after the NFL Draft. It's always great talking with you, my friend. You got it, buddy. Take care. We'll see you guys. All righty. Steve Berline, former All-Pro and Super Bowl champion, joining us here on the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline. All right, that's going to do it for this hour. When we come back, Sam Hauser, Scott Galetti will take you till 7, and then NBA Hoops at 8. ESPN Radio 1017, the team.